Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Practice of Medicine 4. Remember, this is a clerkship experience or the better way that we like to call it. This is our residency readiness course because we're trying to get everyone ready for not just their residency, but for their whole career in medicine. And so in this topic, I'm going to present something that is going to happen to you. No questions asked. But before I do, I want to introduce, of course, the only, the one and only, our co-host for this, Dr. B.A. White. B.A., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Hector. <clears throat> so now that I'm here with you, I was thinking my throat's been hurting a bit, and it's kind of sore, and uh -huh. I just, I don't want to go to the doctor. You know, I'm back-to-back -back meetings. Could you Well, here it comes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Could you please write me a script for some antibiotics? Oh, and there it is, everybody. There it is. You know it's going to happen to you. Yes, it happens a lot. BA, I do hope you feel better. And I'll have to talk about that uh, off script here. But the truth is, is that call from a friend or a family member who wants that antibiotic for their sinus infection, their sore throat, or in my area, of course, their bladder infection, it, re it happens way too frequently. And this whole issue of this informal telemedicine consult when they're not even your patient is a reality. So our topic is treating non-patients, in other words, friends or family members, as patients. Is that okay? Is that ethical? Or can that kind of get us in trouble? We're going to get into that. So what is the physician to do? Well, in this session, we're going to cover all of these issues. And remember our format, don't forget, we're going to cover what this means, why it's important, and then more importantly, how to navigate this issue. B.A., what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so at some point in your career, I've seen it with my husband. I know that um, Dr. Hector Chapta has talked about this as something that he's experienced. You as a physician yourself as well, you are going to be faced with having to decide whether to treat a family member, a friend, um, even yourself. You know, you guys are really yeah. bad about going to the doctor uh, unless you're, you're health um, program requires that you do so. A lot of times you don't go. So there are numerous studies that have shown that treating a family member or friend um, is common. It's a common practice among physicians. Uh, it's like taking advantage of what you have available. It includes both formal patient-physician relationships and informal. Mm, the all too common call that we just kind of simulated right now from a friend or a family member, hey, I don't feel well, I don't have time to go to the doctor, can you help me out? Um, but you got to be, you got to be careful with that. There's definitely some things that you can't forget. For sure. And the idea, remember guys, the way that we do this is not just about our opinion, although that's fun. And, and there's a lot of experience both with BA and myself, but is what do the guidelines say? Because remember, we can always fall back and use that as our cop out that, well, the guidelines say X, Y, and Z. So let's get into the AMA code of ethics here. Because remember, even though I don't necessarily belong to the AMA because I'm an OBGYN, but the AMA is somewhat the de facto voice of physicians, and, and that's okay. They, they are a, a authoritative source. Well, the AMA code of ethics has an opinion, and it's actually opinion 8.19, if you're very type A and want to go look at it, and it deals with self-treatment or the treatment of friends, or family members. And here it is very briefly, and we're going to bounce through a lot of information here. First, according to the AMA, physicians generally should not treat themselves or members of their immediate families. 
And in case that came up not so clear on the recording, it's should not treat <laughs> professional <laughs> objectivity may be compromised here when an immediate family member or even a friend of the physician is the patient. So we're talking about objectivity. That's the issue here. The problem is that the quality of care demands professional objectivity, and that, of course, can be compromised in a lot of these cases. B.A., tell us more about this. Yeah, that's a great question or a great comment regarding objectivity. So often, it's difficult to be objective whenever you're close to the content or person mm -hmm. at hand. Uh, there are several reasons for knowing and respecting boundaries and for maintaining a professional relationship with patients. Uh, when the patient is a member of your family or close friend, it's going to be difficult for that physician to obtain a detailed history. You know, how do you ask people about things that are uncomfortable whenever they're really close to you? Right. You know, the sensitive examinations. Are you going to conduct that? Are you going to just say, ah, you're good. Um, provide comprehensive treatment options. Are you going to give all the treatment options? Are you going to be honest with, it, with them about everything that's available? As well as maintain confidentiality. That can be difficult. Oof. Records may be inadequate. That's an issue because we know document, document, document. Um, and then other family members may expect similar attention. So once you open that door, it's hard to close that door. Oh, right. you want cousin Jojo. Can you help me out? <laughs> yeah. So also a patient who is treated by a doctor with whom there is a personal relationship, either as a friend or a family member, may not give accurate information or exact history. You know, maybe they're too embarrassed to share the full picture. Um, they may pursue a second opinion or alternate treatment, and you don't necessarily know about that simply because they feel it's inappropriate to question the care of the doctor that they know. So, you know, it's just a lot of things on both sides. A physician's objectivity and judgment may be hindered if they try to assess and treat their own um, medical conditions. So that's specifically about doing it for yourself. Um, you know, we, we all tell ourselves stories. There are stories that go on in our heads about everything. And are we able to step outside of those stories to be truly objective is the question. Well, that's a lot of points. So remember where we are, guys, in our format. The what is treating patients, uh, treating friends or family as patients when they're really not. And more importantly, is the why not to do it? And we've just laid out two big issues here, okay? So the wrap of that was, one, it's objectivity. And second, it's just boundaries. There's got to be a boundary where you're my family member or my friend. And from an OBGYN perspective, VA, for example, you know, I don't want to know about my sister-in-law's vaginal health. I just don't want to know that. <laughs> There's things we should keep away from family circles. Now, the truth is, another issue as to why not to do that is that physicians may also fail to probe, as you've already said, these sensitive areas for medical history and this whole issue of not performing exams. How are we going to give a treatment? And you know we're not going to do this when the truth is that the patient, the friend or family member, really does deserve better. Similarly, patients may feel uncomfortable disclosing that sensitive information, even if they're asked or even participating in an exam if it's the right thing to do. This discomfort is particularly the case when the patient is a minor child. So think about it. We're talking about this friend or family member like it's an adult. But what if your uh, sister-in-law asks to check a child? It becomes even more complicated because there's much more sensitive issues there when treating pediatric patients. Now, when treating ourselves or immediate family members, Physicians may be inclined to treat 
problems that are beyond their expertise or training. And I have to stop right here and say guilty. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've treated sinus infections uh, uh, and, and male issues when I'm an OBGYN because I have caved. So I'm telling you, I'm not just preaching to you. I'm doing this message for myself. I have fallen to this because it is a hard discussion, but I'm getting much better to just saying two words, boundaries and unethical. And patients kind of typically should respect that when we give that as a response when they ask for help. What else, VA? Yeah, that's a great point. And um, actually, Dr. Millman, uh, so um, we're giving him a shout out on here because we know his students <laughs> are listening. Uh, I've overheard him say people call him often and he responds with, I'm a radiologist. I don't know the answer to that. So, awesome. Yeah, so definitely. Good one. Yeah. Um, so remember that there may be unveiled consequences at stake here as well. Think about relationships. If tensions develop in the physician's professional relationship with a family member, you know, maybe as a result of the negative medical outcome, those difficulties can be carried over to the family member's personal relationship and with that physician. Similar to don't bring business and friendship together, you know, kind of a parallel there. Don't, don't bring your patient relationship in with your family because it can get complicated. Well, you know, BA, and one of the things that we mentioned before we started taping, of course, and I've always had this fear, think about this for everybody listening as well. What happens if I write a prescription for, you know, Cousin X, uh, and Cousin X doesn't know that they're allergic to this medication, uh, yeah, but this catastrophic outcome, who do you think the family is going to look at? <laughs> it's me. So think about that, guys. Even though we try, it's in our heart. I know it is. We want to prevent it from, wow, you go, you got to go get up, go wait in line or, or telemedicine or and pay the copay, whatever, when you can call X, Y, or Z a person. But what if something goes south? Remember, the easiest way is our friends, our family just deserve the best care. Well, having said that, BA, what else can you tell us about specifically about patient autonomy here? How does that factor in? So yeah. we not treat family or friends because of patient autonomy? Explain that a little bit. So concerns regarding patient autonomy and informed consent are also relevant when physicians attempt to treat members of their immediate family. Family members may be reluctant to state their preference for another physician or decline a recommendation for fear of offending the physician. So really, you know, kind of taking that autonomy away from the patient. In particular, wow. minor children, right? Minor children, they'll yeah. generally not feel free to refuse care from their parents. Um, likewise, physicians may feel obligated to provide care to immediate family members, even if they feel uncomfortable providing care. So a lot of um, assumptions being made and a lot of lack of choices, definitely an issue. Wow. So remember, guys, we're at the why not to do this. We've already talked about objectivity, boundaries, and now patient autonomy. Oddly enough, actually, it's kind of robbing the person you're treating of autonomy because you kind of they kind of lock themselves in by relationship instead of choice. That is huge. And remember, this is not just the AMA stance. So for you future surgeons out there who go, well, I don't care what the AMA says, those are internists. Well, it's not just the AMA. The American College of Physicians, or the ACP, has also stated that physicians, here it is, should, quote, usually not enter into the dual relationship of physician, family member, or physician, friend. And again, for nothing to be lost on the recording, it says should not usually enter, all right? The other reason that there's, of course, there's gaps in documentation 
Because another issue here with treating friends or family on the side is that there's no patient record that's kept. There's nothing to track communication and there's nothing to serve as a, as a chain of thought in case something goes south. One study of physicians informal prescribing found that physicians most frequently prescribed antibiotics to family and friends. That's pretty understandable. But also some prescribed control substances like opioids or stimulants or benzos. So your question is, why would you ever do that? Listen, somebody fell uh, during work, somebody has chronic pain, somebody has a muscle spasm. It's not that unrealistic. I know antibiotics is a, is a, is a, is a given. But we do, trying to do our best, we're writing for stuff that we just shouldn't do. And this, of course, can have legal implications and can also impede follow-up, which doesn't necessarily take place when it's done in this informal setting. But I want to turn it over to a little bit more than, than just these guidelines, because the truth is, is that you can actually get in, into some trouble here. So it's not just those issues. The truth is, guys, regardless of whatever professional society or college you belong to, you can get a reprimand from your college and don't want to be in that boat. So BA, talk to us a little bit more about the consequences the college reprimands about this. Yeah, most medical and professional regulatory authorities, whichever one you belong to, they've outlined what is expected of physicians when considering treatment of family members or treatment of yourself. The, they generally cite concerns for quality of care, things that we've mentioned previously, and state that occasions where this practice is, is acceptable are very limited. As well, most colleges have policies on prescribing. Often these are similar to the policies on treating family and friends. Physicians should not write a prescription for themselves or family members for controlled drugs or any drugs that are addicting or um, habituating, even when other another physician is in charge of managing the medication. Uh, that's something that is often an issue whenever you have multiple physicians involved. So it's really important that you're not doing something separate because the other physician may not know what's going on. So right. a physician... Yeah, <laughs> you have that issue, right? A physician prescribing privileges may be revoked if narcotics or controlled drugs are prescribed to family members or if a physician self-prescribes these substances. And we have seen these um, policies yeah. more and more stringent. Treating or prescribing any drugs, especially controlled substances, to oneself or a family member or friend, that can lead to allegations of professional misconduct and definitely a risk of sanction. Oh boy. So listen, nothing gets people's attention more than, than a couple of words. Uh, and one of those is sanctuary. <laughs> I mean, this is real stuff, man. I mean, antibiotics, you know, you, you're, you're outside of a professional uh, ethical guideline, but you probably won't get sanctioned so much for that. But it's a fine line. If you do that, it's that slippery slope. And where's the prescribing end? And that can lead to real jeopardy. Guys, y'all worked way too hard to put your license at risk for doing a favor for a friend. But having said that, let's always do the exception. Because remember guys, there's always an exception. So I don't want you to think, well, I can't even touch a friend or a family member, I just, I just can't do it. Because like everything else in life, there's always caveats. So there are times when it may be okay to treat. And of course, I think you know when that is, right? I mean, when, when it's kind of an urgent condition. 
So it would not always be inappropriate to undertake self-treatment or treatment of immediate family members. Okay? It's not always inappropriate in emergency settings or isolated settings where there's just no other qualified physician or healthcare provider available. Please don't stand on the sideline and go, I can't touch my friend or family member. Stop that bleeding. Do something for heaven's sakes. That's an emergent condition. In addition, while physicians should not serve as a primary or regular care provider for immediate family members, there are situations in which routine care is acceptable for short-term and minor problems, and this comes from the AMA. So except in rare emergencies, it is not appropriate for physicians to write prescriptions as we've already hammered down as one of the key topics for controlled substances for either themselves or their immediate family members. So as we wrap up BA, we get into the, into the how to implement. We've talked about the what and the why not to, but how do we navigate this? Let's bring this home with things to consider. Yeah, so just one quick little story about um, when sometimes you have to treat. We were at a friend barbecue and a kiddo fell into kind of a hole and ended up breaking his collarbone. Um, and my husband, of course, was the only physician there. And oh. he, of course, had to go into treatment mode. But it was, it was an awkward situation where it's like, oh, do you want me to do this? Should I not do this? And, and it ended up, yeah, of course. So you're right. There are times where you're absolutely going to have to jump in. I'm sure you've had situations like that. For sure. And you know what? There's always that one kid, right? I mean, we're at a stinking barbecue. There's always that one kid. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now, things to consider. What, what should we keep in mind here? So sometimes it can be difficult to evaluate whether there's a personal relationship with an individual. When this happens, the doctor should consider the impact that knowing the individual personally could have on the quality of the treatment provided. Here are a few questions that may help you determine the nature of the relationship with those individuals. So kind of ask, ask yourself some of these questions. The first one, um, could the relationship impact acting in this individual's best interest? Mm. Right? For so sure. Ask yourself that question. Dr. Chapa, do you want to grab the next one and I'll grab the next? Yeah. So always remember to put the patient first, right? So is that just to be said in their best interest? The next thing is could treating this person be difficult because it would be too uncomfortable to ask the questions required to make a true, uh, a correct diagnosis. So if I have a female family member who has some pelvic pain, Am I really going to ask her about STDs and sexual history? I better if I'm going to go down that road, and, and I may not want to do that. So could this person also feel uncomfortable uh, answering those, being truthful? And I understand that, but that's something to consider. So outside of is it in the patient's best interest? And second, are the patients actually going to be open to, to these questions and, and be honest? What's the lasting BA that you think that we should keep in mind or the last couple of things? Yeah, so on point example, great example to share. The next one would be, would the relationship with this person make it difficult to maintain patient confidentiality or Oof. mandatory report, right? Wow. You guys are mandatory right. reporters. And then the last one, would it be difficult to allow this person to make a personal healthcare decision that does not adhere to medical advice given? My goodness. You know what? I just thought that on, on a totally random thing, B.A., that's, that's like a soap opera episode, right? Just think about it. So I'm a physician. Oh, hey, niece, 
Janie? And Janie comes up, oh, I have a little abdominal pain. Oh, okay. Well, have you had intercourse recently? Oh, I have. Oh, okay. Well, with who? With uh, Uncle Bob. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> now you get information like, what do I do with that? And is that, do I keep that confidential? Is that, do I tell somebody? And how do you see how difficult this becomes with difficult already in a regular patient situation? Yes. Or uncomfortable when it's a family member or a close friend. So, guys, I hope that you found this interesting. We've talked about treating non-patients, either ourselves, family, or friends, as patients. I know you mean well. I do, too. But it really is not the best thing to do. And no disclosure, I told BA, I got to be honest, uh, I just wrote a prescription for my sister-in-law like two days ago. Oh, and I hated doing it. It, we're all human, and we, I struggle with these things myself, and I'm telling you, I'm being totally transparent. We, this is a reality. I'm working on it, but please, let's adhere to the, the data, myself included, because we really can do better. BA, any last thoughts? Yeah, no, I appreciate your humility and sharing mm. that, because they need to know, you know, it's so easy whenever you're not asked, before you're asked to say, oh, no, I would never do that. <laughs> and whenever you're right. put in that situation, I've seen it with my husband, it, you know, your, your sister calls from her what appears to be her deathbed because she can't talk, mm. she can't do anything. Right. But do you say, no, I'm not going to send in an antibiotic for you. It's tough. So, <sighs> yeah, tough decisions. But, and, and again, you see, guys, what a value. This is so fun. I mean, this, these are things that you're not going to get really in a course uh, outside of this practice of medicine for kind of concept. Well, that kind of wraps up our practice of medicine for episode and from me dr chapa and ba white we're glad that you're part of this program and we'll see you next time on another episode of practice of medicine for